Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks again for joining us. Obviously, we probably were going to more than likely wait until after the division series before we posted another podcast. But, you know, sometimes the news dictates when you have a podcast. And with Kevin Cash being signed to a multi-year extension through 2024 and with an option for 2025, this was an obvious reason to have a podcast. And so you're going to hear on this podcast not only from Kevin, but from senior VP and GM Eric Neander and also Andy Freed, who um, obviously works on a day-by-day basis with Kevin for the last several years. So let's start with Kevin. Uh, first thing I asked him about what it meant to have this deal done. Well, thank you. It, it means a lot. And, you know, four years in now, uh, getting to work with this group of people uh, that are employed by the Rays, from Stu Sternberg, his ownership group, all the way down. Uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's exciting to get to come to this job every day. It's been that way, and knowing that there's more stability and security and more years to come uh, is is really nice for for my family and I. In this day and age, there aren't a lot of major league teams that are giving out five-year deals, and you've got a second one plus another option. What does it mean, especially the length of the deal and the amount of time you, you can be with this organization? Well, I think, you know, it speaks volumes about the, the infrastructure, the process, the culture that the, the entire entire Rays organization has. And obviously our tone is set by uh, Stu and, and our ownership group, but, the, you know, talking to Matt and Brian and Eric and Heim, and I know they deal with the, the baseball ops a lot, but uh, you see the inner workings on a daily basis and, um, you know, the, the commitment that they show to myself, the players, our coaches, uh, it's pretty unwavering. And and it is, from my experience, it's kind of unlike no other. We've seen you grow so much over the last few years. How have you grown in your mind in this job? Um, I, well, hopefully you continue to grow and continue to grow a lot and because you, you got to uh, players change and, and, and you got to be able to, to give consistent messages. But sometimes you got to tweak them uh, because the, 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 our job as coaches is to do everything we can uh, to, to have some po- positive messages, positive influence resonate with our players. Um, and you know, I, I think that the changing part, one of the biggest things was when you get this job, you want to make such a good impression and you want to be everybody's friend. And that's probably the right mindset to have but as that job unfolds there's difficult decisions along the way and to be able to appreciate and understand that and give some of those messages uh, in a respectful way where uh, the, the the players are understanding of it is is something that started it's changed it's, it's been challenging but something you try to embrace and you've done obviously so well at it I mean the thing that stands out and you know, chatting with Dave and Andy during the course of the year is I think we got to two points with the players this year. One, that there was no difference in the clubhouse, win, lose, or draw. And that was especially difficult with the 4-13 and 13 start. And B, I think at some point this year, they didn't come hoping to win, thinking they would win. They came expecting to win at the ballpark. And that's not an easy culture to be able to create 
what allowed you think that to happen? Well, I, there's no doubt. The first month of the year was very challenging. Uh, but at the same time, it was by the end of the month, it was very rewarding. And to watch us get off to such a rough start and the consistency that the players showed and the, the, the consistency that the coaching staff, it was an honor to kind of be a part and sit there and watch that, be a part of that with them. Um, I do agree. I think sometime right around that all-star break or just shortly after the break, uh, you did see the, 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 the mindset shift a little bit. And we were competing with some really good teams, a lot of teams that are playing postseason baseball, and we found ways to win, different ways. One night we hit, one night we pitched, we defended. Whatever it was, we found ways, but the more confidence, those more wins led to more. That's what you're talking about. They started to come to the ballpark knowing and expecting to win, and ultimately that's what you want out of, out of any team, especially a really young one. And not only that, but it was the improvement, and I think you guys – were willing to make a lot of changes. Not only, obviously, you brought in some coaches who you were very, very comfortable with and you had a great chemistry, but you guys worked so hard with them on a day-by-day basis. Um, and I think some of those drills that you guys did, whether it was the – you created game speed, whether it was infield drills or velocity drills with the hitters, it seemed to really pay off and allow the kids to grow too. Well, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And it, a lot of that credit goes to, you know, obviously Charlie Montoyo, Chad Matola on the hitting side, Rocco coordinating everything. Um, and we did. We, we had an opportunity with some young guys to, to do as much as we could to simulate game speed. And – Ultimately, you want to practice to where it's more difficult. Whatever challenges you got at practice, not that the game is ever easy, but they've kind of been there, done that. And that was our goal. We took that approach in spring training. We knew there were going to be hiccups along the way, but credit our players for really buying in, embracing it, and ultimately enjoying it. And obviously, now the next step is is the goal. You got to 90 wins. You want to get to the postseason. Do you get a chance now to catch your breath at least a little bit? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I got three kids at the house, so I don't know how much breath catching goes on with that. But uh, definitely, but, you know, there's excitement also. And uh, take some time, catch up with some players here the upcoming weeks. But after that, kind of get back to work and, and get after it and get ready for the winter meetings. You had said with Dave and Andy that you wanted the guys to watch the playoffs and kind of wish they were there and almost think of them as being there. How much of it have you watched and what's the biggest thing you've taken away from the postseason so far? Well, I have, I've watched a, a, a good amount, and I, I can't sit here and say that I'm watching every single pitch, but I, I'm following enough and, and you know doing enough the next morning to see little things. And uh, you know, I, I think you know you, you take what the Astros did yesterday. They're down uh, in Cleveland in a hostile environment, and they find a way to put pressure on a team, and they come back. That they're a world champion club. Uh, they certainly look like they're heading in that direction again. And I do. I want our guys to to know that uh, you know when you get down there's ways to get out of it and I think that's what we're seeing from a lot of these clubs. Kevin congrats again enjoy the next uh, couple of months as you get ready for spring training next year. All right Neil thank you very much. That's the race manager Kevin Cash and obviously this deal doesn't happen without the work of senior VP and GM Eric Neander and I spoke with Eric about the deal and asked him uh, why it was important to get this deal done so quickly when the offseason began. Probably easier. I've been asked this a few times this morning and might or this afternoon, whatever time of day we're at now. Uh, probably easier to say why not. You know, we've we've gotten to know Kevin what makes him tick. We've seen him operate in challenging situations. We've seen him operate with a staff that he largely inherited and a staff that he over time molded more into his own. Um, and everything that he went through this year with the expectations where they were with a lot of the the, the negative vibe that 
you know, was around our club due to a lot of the transactions we made, the decisions we made in the camp, um, the start we had, the tough start we had. You, he, you couldn't have asked for someone to, to navigate that and to lead a group through it better than what he did. And, and not only to get through it um, and to have the support of the clubhouse, the staff, et cetera, but then to, you know, to really crank it up in the second half to usher in a lot of young talent and to play that the way that they did under his guidance is something that, you know, if, if that's not enough to, to know you got a guy that's right for you, I don't know what would be. But it's still in this day and age, it's so rare, and I think it's important to emphasize to the fans, to do a deal of five years plus a six-year option is pretty unique. So that's, that's a very long deal. How much, what went into that consideration? Well, stability is important. Yeah, I think you, you never want people in a position of leadership to be worried about themselves for their future, uh, their family's future, uh, if, if you can help it. And obviously that, that goes both ways and they need to, to earn it and to, to deserve it. But he certainly, you know, has earned it and has, has deserved it. And, uh, you know, this is something that we've, we've gone through four seasons now. They've all been a little bit different. You know, expectations are up as we move forward. And uh, I think just there's a, there was just a mutual desire that there, there was no end in sight to this relationship, something we wanted to continue for the foreseeable future to continue to grow together and improve together. And uh, just through the course of the conversations, it became very clear that both parties were interested in this being a long-term situation. And uh, that's something that we certainly are very thankful for and really appreciate. I think one of Kevin's great traits is his humility. So I asked him how he's grown, but from your eyes, how has he grown? Yeah, humility, um, trust, you know, the, 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 the way he, you know, uh, interacts with people, you know, he's a people person. Uh, and despite his reluctance to use the word innovator, you know, I think culturally we, we want to innovate. We, we, you know, have a drive for innovation and he, he checks all of those boxes. And uh, despite the success we've had the year that, that we're coming off, um, it's not the ultimate goal, but it was forward progress, uh, I think, in many respects and sets us up well for the future. Uh, his approach to his day-to-day from the energy um, to, to the humility, uh, the curiosity, that has not wavered whatsoever. It's as constant today as it was when we were winning 60-some games in 2006. So, uh, you know, uh, looking out now moving forward, the, the curiosity, the desire to improve, the conversations we've had since the end of the season already about, you know, what we can do better moving forward and to not let up, to not take the breath, but to continue to keep the foot on the gas and do everything we can to to improve this organization really, really stands out because it would be very easy and frankly very natural to to just take a breath and to do the opposite. How much greater is the comfort level between the two of you? Because you've taken on new roles over this time. How, how good a comfort level do you now have? How different is it from when you started? Yeah, it, when we initially hired Kevin, was fortunate to be involved in that process um, and uh, throughout have had a really good relationship with Kevin, you know, um, professionally and also personally. And uh, that, that certainly helped, but obviously the seats have moved around a little bit and, and the responsibilities and, uh, you know, the, the interaction we have professionally has to be a little bit different as a result of that. But, but I think in no way, I think it's only strengthened, you know, as we've, as we've moved forward here and, and something that, uh, like I said, I personally day to day couldn't enjoy working with someone more than I do him. And I hope that he feels at least half that way, <laughs> you know, in return. How do you challenge one another? Um, because you've got different personalities. Yep. Uh, First and foremost, there's trust. You know, there, there's a trust back and forth. Um, I think there's 
we have the same intent. We want what's best for the organization. We want what's best for each other. And I think when those things are in place and, and you assume positive intent, you, you, you're far more receptive to the criticism, to the feedback that, that comes with that. And you know it's coming from a good place and with the purest of intentions. So I think that's something that, you know, specifically between the two of us and I think also extends beyond the two of us uh, and across our organization where that's in place. And um, it, it, it really helps open up the communication in a way that gives us the chance to improve and, and you know, ourselves and collectively as an organization as fast as possible. I'm guessing the hardest part now, okay, you're here, your manager is going to be here for a while, but when you win 90 games, everyone wants your people. And a lot of people, whether they're in baseball ops or on the coaching staff, have already gotten interest for other jobs. Is that the greatest challenge right now in kind of keeping the group together? Well, I, While adding to the players, obviously. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, you, you always want to support the professional career aspirations of, of the people that you have, no matter what that you know, whatever that may be. Um, And it's different case to case. But, you know, at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is winning. The ultimate goal, you know, is to do it in a way where there's a really strong culture. And it's more than just winning. It's about how we win and uh, really caring for one another and and, and doing it in a way that when you look back, it's not just winning. It's so much more than that and the experiences that you have. And, um, you know, a byproduct of you know, having success is the attention that comes with it and the notoriety that comes with it to whatever degree it's, it's out there um, at this point. But, you know, we're, I think, by and large, the same people, the same group we were in February when things weren't <laughs> uh, perceived as positively um, as, as they perhaps are at this point. But, um, no, I, you can't worry about that. Like I said, you got to look out for, I think, the best interests of your people and their aspirations. And the more that that's aligned and the, the more that we can continue working together, given you know how much we've enjoyed it over time, the better off we'll be. Well, it's obviously you guys are setting a, obviously a very positive culture in addition to the winning on the field this year. Congratulations and good luck the rest of the offseason. Thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate it. That's Eric Neander, the Rays Senior VP and GM. And obviously the third uh, portion of our podcast is uh, with Andy Freed, who works with Kevin, on a day-by-day basis, every game throughout the course of the regular season and hopefully in the future of the playoffs. And, you know, I think Andy has been very outspoken, especially on social media, on Twitter, about Kevin winning the uh, Manager of the Year Award for the American League. I think we all feel he's deserving. So it was one of the things that uh, Andy and I touched on. Well, I still think he he should be. I I don't think he will be. But, I, you know, I, I would completely be just fine with Bob Melvin winning it. I think he did remarkable things this year, too. I would not vote for Alex Cora, no offense, because obviously he did a, a good job. His team won 108 games, but I'd have a hard time voting for Cora for several reasons. One, because they already had won two consecutive AL East, uh, and then they added on to a very expensive free agent that teams like the Rays and any other teams can't do, like the A's also. And, and he's got the best closer. He's got the best starter. So to me, a manager is what takes something that may not be so good and helps turn it into something. And, and I think Kevin Cash did that better than any other manager this year. You know, the, the started thinking of the phrase towards the end of the season, he manages more by the third inning than most other managers do all game. And it's, it's true. I mean, think about it. Think of what that guy is doing from the very beginning of the game. Not only that, but even prior to the game, the endless communication with the pitchers. How many times, Neil, do, do we talk to him before the game and He's not even 100% sure of the plan yet to tell us because he hasn't been able to communicate it to all the pitchers yet. So he's, I think he's endlessly working. I also think that one thing that impressed me a lot about Kevin Cash this year, I think he added a real physicality to the job. 
that not many big league managers have. And maybe this will be the trend with so many young managers now. But, you know, you remember earlier in the year he said, guys, we gotta, we got to adjust the schedule because I need to be on the field with this team every day. And I, don't, I can't think of any other manager that throws as many rounds of batting practice that is in the cage doing drills and almost instructing his team like a, a minor league manager would or a minor league team would go through on a regular basis. Uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin sweats more, I think, than any other manager in Major League Baseball right now because he's, he's constantly on the go and he's constantly uh, exerting himself physically and mentally. So I think for all of those reasons, he's deserving of Manager of the Year and he's most certainly deserving of, this, uh, of, uh, of an extension because, you know, he's the guy that's gotten him now from the last era to this new era, and it would, it would have been a shame if he was not the manager when things got finally over the top, which I think we all sense is on the verge of happening. And, and the length of the extension, obviously, is is um, larger than most. So that shows to me two things. A, Kevin's confidence in the front office, and obviously the front office's confidence in him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you think about it, what managers now get that sort of long-term extension. I mean, Socha had that 10-year deal. You know, Joe's had a pretty long deal with the Cubs, and mm-hmm. that's, that's heading into its final season. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of you know, one-and-done managers uh, lately, and I think it shows that the, the Rays feel very good about their selection of him all those years ago. As Stu Sternberg said to us on the air late in the year, they expected a learning curve for Kevin and that it might take a little bit of time, and it's been, to me, just a real joy of the job watching him grow as a manager uh, to, to think how much better he, better he is in all aspects of the job, not the least of which being how good he is with, with the writers and, and with the broadcasters and uh, and with the television people, you know, and constantly getting, I mean, think of this year, every market he went to, he was asked the same questions about the opener, the opener, the opener, the opener. And he seemed to be just fine answering those questions, defending it when it needed to be, uh, being honest when it, when it may not have worked out as well. And I just think he's really grown as a, as a person and as a manager. And, you know, this, this is a tough gig these days. I think in many ways you're, you're a middleman because the front offices dictate a lot of what happens. Uh, and yet I think he's part of that. I don't think he's dictated to so much as he is a part of the decision-making process. People may or may not understand that. And you see him, and, and Dave as well, probably closer than, any other, closer than any other media person. So where do you see him growing the most? Where has he grown the most? Well, I mean, just on a surface basis, I mean, when we would do our interviews with Kevin before you know, the, the games earlier in his tenure, especially that first year, it was... It was pretty quick. He didn't have a whole lot to say. He was pretty guarded. Uh, and it, it's, it's understandable. I mean, gee whiz, the, the guy had never managed at any level before, but now he's much more free and open. Uh, he's, he's pretty good at letting us know things that are going to happen before they happen to give us as broadcasters a chance, and you yourself too, a chance to, to kind of take in some of the things the Rays have done. And that's, that's been a real help. So I think his relationship with with the writers and the broadcasters has come a really long way. And that's just the first thing that comes to mind because it affects me. But I'm sure there's many other ways that he has grown. I think his communication with the players has gotten better. I think his uh, – uh, there's just there's loads of things. That those are two things that come to mind. And the, you mentioned the physicality of him with the job. I look at this team and I think he's gotten this team better during the course of this season more than any other in so many ways because of how – uh, willing he has been to do new things on the job. Um, and I'm not talking about the opener. I'm talking about the live ground ball drills they've done. I'm talking about the velocity machine they've used. All those things have basically created game-like situations for his young players and, al- I thought, allowed them to improve more than any other team I watched all year. 
Yeah, I, I can't speak for all the other teams, but I do know that uh, we don't see that on the field from uh, maybe any other manager. I mean, certainly most. I think with, uh, I can remember when the Twins were uh, were really good and really fundamentally sound with Tom Kelly and and Ron Gardenhire, and they were winning division titles. I used to see them on the field a lot and doing a lot of instructions. Uh, because look, this is such a young group, and you know Neil from being in the minors, like like I was and, and Dave was, and, and you were that. That that's a routine thing in the minor leagues. Managers are teachers as much as they are actual game managers, and I think Kevin is combining part of that into into this major league role that he has. I think he is uh, taught, and and he will give a lot of credit, and rightfully so, to his coaches this year. I think the fact that this staff, which he had a real fingerprint on, uh, it worked extremely well together. I mean, I think guys like Matt Quatrero did a lot more than people were. I, I was learning as the year went on just how much more. He was doing behind the scenes than even I realized. And in, in, in terms of you know, it, third base coach, people think, well, he's just the guy that, that waves guys home and gives signals. He was much more a part of things, uh, and that's because of Kevin empowering guys like him. And uh, you know, Kyle Snyder, my goodness, what a year for him as pitching coach. I think Tim has had a lot to do with things. And uh, this is just a, a really, really good crew. Uh, Kevin, I'm sure, when he speaks, will give credit to his coaches, and I think he's proud of them. I think they look at it as a group. Uh, you know, one of the things I learned later on in the year is just how much Kevin leans on Stan Borowski down in the bullpen uh, for his thoughts and opinions on what should be going on with regard to the pitchers in the bullpen that day. And you think about it, it makes sense. How could this bullpenning and opener thing work without a bullpen coach that has a fingerprint on what's going on with those guys down there and can communicate to them? So I th- I, communication's kind of the whole deal, and I think they had a lot of it going on. And maybe it's because Kevin has had more to choose from with regard to this coaching staff being his coaching staff. Uh, So whether that's the case or not, uh, outwardly it seems to be the case, and I just think he's going to give credit to the coaches, and rightfully so, I think they were a really, really good group this year. I I think it whets our appetite even that much more for 2019, just because, I mean, we didn't know how long Kevin would be extended. We kind of expected this, but this length of extension – I think this early in the offseason kind of, I don't know about you, but it kind of gets me geared up for, for February next year. Well, it gets me excited, too, and, and it makes me think about, all right, well, what other moves do they, uh, do they have up their sleeve? The Rays, if, if nothing else, are a very patient front office, and I think they'll read the market. And, and as we've seen, there are times that they'll make moves that you're not expecting. Like I can think of that Tommy Fan move. That one came out of nowhere. I mean, mm-hmm. we hadn't heard the Rays' interest in Tommy Pham at all, and we were all so focused on the Archer-tending deal that the Pham thing kind of snuck in, and, and my goodness, what a tremendous move that could turn out to be. So, you know, as I sit here and say they'll wait and read the market, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll get the jump on something. This tells me that they're ready to be aggressive. Many times when we talked to Kevin Cash this year, uh, towards the end of the year, we asked him, what do you think is coming for this team next year? And he said, extremely, extremely competitive. So... You know, the, the, who knows, Neil? We, we saw this 10 years ago, and maybe they're doing it again. The Rays kind of carving a new path and how to be able to compete with Boston and New York. They, they got closer this year, and maybe they can get it over the top next year. And certainly another step with Kevin's extension. Andy, enjoy. Uh, we'll talk to you a lot during the offseason. Uh, very early to talk to you so far this offseason. Continue to enjoy the playoffs. And have, uh, have uh, loved watching what you've posted on Twitter, too. I had already missed talking to you, so it's kind of nice we get a chance to uh, talk. And thanks. Uh, hey, at AndrewFree33, why not give it a plug? I, I would I would hope that people are, who are not following you will obviously uh, pick you up on Twitter. <laughs> thanks, 
Thanks, Neil. We'll talk to you soon. Great stuff from Andy Freed, as well as Kevin Cash and Eric Neander, and thank you for listening. We'll have more during the course of the playoffs and as, well, news warrants. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll talk with you soon.